turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Have you ever felt like quitting? Have you ever felt like just throwing in the towel and just saying, man, this, this Christian life, I, I don't know if it's worth all the struggle. I don't know if this battle for spirituality and doing right is, is worth all of the effort. Uh, it just seems to me to be too much. And, and you get to the point where Satan comes and sits on your shoulder and you, you start to think, you know, it'd be a lot easier just to throw in the towel, just to say, well, forget it. And, and I'm just going just gonna to quit the fight. I'm just going to go do whatever I want to do and live however I want to live and, and just let the chips fall where they may. And it just is what it is. And you just feel like throwing in the towel. Have you ever been there? Yeah, I, I think anybody that's lived very long, and I, I tell you, if you haven't been there, it's because you aren't in the fight, because you do get weary in the fight. I want you to see in Second Timothy chapter number two, if you're there, look down in verse number three and verse number four. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. The fact of the matter is, is you and I are to be soldiers in the army of God. We are to be men and women that stand and fight for truth and righteousness. The battle gets long and I told some of the workers at camp this week, I went up for Tuesday or ended up having to be there on Wednesday for a little while and I don't know what night it was, but I was there and I said, you know, the days seem long, but the week's going to pass like that. In life, the days seem long or the weeks seem long, but how many of you that have been around a while, you say the years pass like that? It's like somewhere the year's gone. Like how, how in the world? And, and in the middle of it, you've got these days that are laborious and, and, and they, they take, it seems like, man, it's just such a long day. But then all of a sudden you look back and you say, where'd the year go? Where'd the time go? I want you to know that as God's children, we are given many different names in the scriptures. These are descriptions uh, and portrayals, if you would, of what we should be as Christians. Some of these reveal what we are and others challenge us into what we should be for Christ. Well, I want you to know our text tonight is a challenge. It's a challenge for you and I to realize and acknowledge the fact that we are to be a good soldier in the army of God. We are to be soldiers for Jesus Christ. I want you to know that you, if you're going to be a good soldier, you got to enlist you got to enlist in, in the battle. And I'm not talking about salvation. We dealt with that this morning. Salvation is the beginning and you're saved. But how many of you know you can be saved and not be in the battle? You can be saved and on your way to heaven, but you haven't enlisted. You know, uh, Elisha's in uh, West Point. You know, that, that uh, school, um, 10 out of 100 applicants actually get in. Only, only 10% of the applicants that strive to get in there. You know, you got to want it pretty bad. You have to have a GPA of uh, 3.9 or better. Or blow your SATs out of the park. And you got to have references from some notable person, somebody recognizable, somebody with great clout. That's why I had to write a reference for Elisha. <laughs> Just kidding, you know, he didn't call me. <laughs> you you got to have, I mean, saying, what I'm saying is you got to decide that's what you want and you got to go after it and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And many people that determine 
They're going to end up there. They started in junior high or senior high looking at that and saying, that's where I want to be. And so I've got to commit myself to this path of study. I've got to do these extracurricular activities. I've got to enroll in this. I've got to be a part of ROTC or I've got to do these other things. What I'm saying is they wanted it. And as Christians, sometimes we've been uh, saved by the blood of the Lamb, but we haven't enlisted in the fight. We haven't signed up. I want you to know as Christians that we are in a battle. And there's several things I want to give you tonight. And first of all, I want you to know that we are to be faithful soldiers. What kind of a soldier is a soldier if he's not a faithful soldier? You say he's no soldier at all. I mean, a soldier by definition is one that's faithful, one that's going to stand at his post, one that's going to do his job, one that's going to be, that can be counted on, that can be uh, looked to for, for skill and leadership and accomplishment of what he is supposed to do. He says, thou for endure, endure, endure. A soldier is designed and built to endure. I mean, you think about the, the training that the Navy SEALs go through. The, the training that they, they just get uh, beat up and abused. And I mean, so many people quit during the training period. Why? Because they're trying to teach them to endure. If you're going to be a Navy SEAL, if you're going to have that badge of honor, boy, you've endured some things. They put them out there in the ocean holding a log over their head for 6, 8, 10, 12 hours straight in that freezing cold water and the drill sergeant yelling and screaming at you the whole time and saying, listen, if two of you sorry, uh, you know, excuses for a human will just, I got to clean it up a little bit, you know. (laughs) I can't talk like they talk. If you you sorry pukes, if you would uh, just quit, the rest of of everybody else could, could could go home, go to bed. If just two of you will quit, everybody else can go home. And he's just trying to get two people to quit. Well, Satan's trying to get you to quit. Just trying to get you to throw in the towel. Just trying to get you to say it's not worth it all. But I want you to know tonight that uh, we are in a battle. Listen, this last week, these young people, they went to camp. I want you to know that we're in the battle for the souls and hearts of our young people. Satan wants them. Satan wants to take them and sift them as wheat. Satan would love to take their life and, and, and chew it all up and spit them out as a, as a torn up, ruined, destroyed individual down the road somewhere with a broken life bearing all kinds of scars. And as a church and as a mom and a dad and as a pastor, we're calling and saying, please stay pure, please stay right, please stay with God. We're in a fight for their life. We're in a fight for their spirituality. We're in a fight for their soul. This is something that's serious. We've got to continue to endure. It's worth the effort. This last week, I had several things come up that were unexpected that I wasn't planning on. My schedule got disrupted, and I had a couple very, very long days. Ended up having to be at camp a couple extra times. For the life of these young people, it's worth it. They're the future of the church. You know, there'd be a whole lot less churches closing down if all they did was raise their kids for God. That's all they did. If they didn't ever reach anybody else but their own children, the church would not be closed today. But the problem, somewhere along the line, we lost the battle for even our own kids. We need to endure. 
In 2 Timothy 3.11, he says, Persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch and at Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. I endured them all. He says, boy, I, I was persecuted here and there and everywhere. Everywhere I went, I endured these persecutions. He said, but I endured them. And he says, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Boy, you know, you can get out of those sometimes if you just quit. But if you persevere, God will take you through. God will deliver you out of them. What does 1 Corinthians 13, 7 tell us? That's the chapter on love. There's a lot of things there, but what does it say about love? Love, I've used this word three or four times. We looked at it already. Love endureth all things. Love endureth all things. You know, if we love God like we should, we'll be able to endure. If we love these young people like we should, we'll be able to endure. Sometimes I think parents and pastors and churches are giving up on their young people way too soon. They've written them off or said we've had enough. But love endures. Love endures. When you love something, it is not a sacrifice to serve and care for them. And why would we do it all? Because we consider him that endured such contradiction for sinners against himself. Consider him that endured. Jesus Christ who endured for you and I. There is a song that was written and put to music by Isaac Watts. Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sail through bloody seas? Can I tell you, beloved, that we are to be faithful We just need to keep doing what we know we're supposed to do. Just be where you're supposed to be. Fulfill your job. Do your task. What a joy. What a privilege to have somebody that you can count on. That they're just faithful. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to try and figure out if they're going to be there. You don't have to, in your mind, make sure you have a backup just in case they don't show because you know that they're going to be in their place. And if they're not, they're probably in the hospital. And they were in the hospital trying to check themselves out because they knew they had a job that they were supposed to be doing. I mean, this kind of a person is just faithful. They're just going to be where they're supposed to be. They're faithful. That's the kind of people the Lord is looking for. It's kind of a steward that a man be found faithful. Not only as a soldier are we going to be faithful, but as a soldier, as a good soldier, we're going to be a fighter. We're going to fight to do what's right. We're going to fight. He says, endure hardness. There's some hard things that you go through that you've got to fight your way through. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 18, he says, I charge thee. He says, I charge. This charge I commit to thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which are before thee. 
that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. He says, you got some fighting to do, Timothy. You're a young man. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. He said, but you got a war a good warfare, Timothy. Paul, of course, you know, reached the end of his life. He said, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. I wonder, are you fighting to do what's right? Are you in the battle? Have you thrown in the towel? The battle for truth and righteousness rages on. We know ultimately we're on the winning side. In the aftermath of the Battle of Gettysburg, the Confederate Army was in full retreat. They were forced to abandon all of their dead as well as most of their wounded. The Union Army and actually the citizens of Gettysburg had a huge cleanup task that they had to do. They entered the battlefield there and not only were there thousands of soldiers that had perished, but on the battlefield that day, they found 27,574 rifles. Of those rifles that were recovered, an amazing 24,000 of them were found loaded. They were loaded. Of those 24,000, 12,000 of those were loaded more than once. They had another bullet, another wad, more uh, gunpowder shoved in there. And of those, over 6,000 of those had been loaded between three and ten times. They found one rifle that had been reloaded 23 times without firing a single shot. There's several speculations as to why this is. Some think it's quite possible that in the mayhem of the battle, men could not tell that their fire, their gun didn't fire. It's so, it's so loud, it's smoke everywhere, and you know, it was actually quite a task to load those old musket guns. I mean, it's quite a project, and you got to get everything right. And they say even the firing mechanism that they load on, if it wasn't loaded right, wouldn't go off. And then they would reload the gun and not realize it hadn't been fired yet. Some people thought, specula- speculation said, well, that maybe some of the men were just simply unwilling to fire on their relatives that were on the other side of the field. And so that they didn't look like cowards, they would load their gun, stand up and pretend to shoot, and then load their gun again so that people on the line saw them and thought they were firing. They really don't know why they would have found so many guns loaded on the battlefield that day. But here's what I wonder. I wonder how many Christians come into church on Sunday morning and they get their guns loaded. And they go out into the world. And they do absolutely nothing with it. Week after week after week after week. We come into God's house. We get spiritually strengthened and challenged and encouraged. And we sing together and we say, oh, how I love Jesus. But we're not making any difference out there. We're not leaving this building and entering the mission field. 
We're not carrying any ammunition with us, passing out any tracks or impacting the world around us. We, we're not in the battle. We're a soldier, but we're not fighting. The soldier is also going to be focused. He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life. What a challenge for us to be focused on the battle. Smartphones on the battlefield just might kill more soldiers than they save, according to an article written on the perils of distracted fighters. The lieutenant said, We lost almost the entire patrol. It was horrific. We walked right into the enemy ambush. They easily picked off my men one by one. Why? Because they were looking at their screens. Modern warfare has incorporated technology. They're entering the battlefield with devices that are supposed to give them a field of view beyond what they can see with their eye. It's supposed to be some type of radar. It's supposed to implement different things. He said, but they were so distracted by the tool that was supposed to help them that they walked right into an ambush and were destroyed. What I wonder, Christian, is how distracted are we? Maybe by the same things. Some devices. Some technology. One of the good things about camp is for a few days, the young people have no screen time. They're pulled away from those things for just a few moments. They're not distracted. You know, if we are going to finish our race, as Paul did, if we're going to be successful, we've got to be focused. One day we're going to stand before our commander-in-chief. We're going to give a report. He's got a record of everything done. What are we going to report You know, beloved, it's, as a young man, like some of these guys down here that are falling asleep now, as a young man, all I wanted was to be happily married, living a happy life, and be filthy rich. (laughs) Two out of three is not bad. God, God changed my desire from desiring money and realizing that that wasn't, wasn't the most important thing. And uh, influencing and impacting lives uh, for the glory of God and for eternity. This life here is so short. It's going to pass so fast. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I just decided that, you know what? I just want to serve God. I just, I, I just ultimately, could I, could I be completely transparent with you? What I wanted was to be happy. But I believed in God. I knew he was there. I believed in this book enough to look at it and say, okay, if what I really want is to be happy in life, I know that I'm not going to get that serving myself. 
I know I'm not going to get that just going after what I want. I know that's just going to lead to more wants. And ultimately, I'll be as miserable as some of the people that I was helping in the nursing homes, which were bitter and angry people. They may have had plenty of money, but they were bitter, angry, and all alone. And I looked at that and said, that's not what I want. I just want to be happy. And so I said, Lord, if you can use me, I'll serve you to the best of my ability. And what I'm saying, young people, you went out to camp this week and you made some decisions and God spoke to your heart and you went down to the altar and you said, okay, Lord, this is what you want me to do. This is what I want to do. Lord, I want to be more sincere. I want to be more dedicated. I want to, I want to give up this stuff that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be doing. I want to get rid of the pride. I want to love my parents better or honor them, whatever it is. But I know that Satan can come and take that decision away that fast. And tomorrow is a holiday and we're going to have a lot of fun. And Tuesday, life gets back to normal. And it's only been 72 hours since you were at an altar begging God to do something real in your life. And in less than 72 hours, you'll be back to the same kids you were before camp. Unless you choose to be a soldier. Say, okay, I'm enlisting in the fight, and I ain't letting Satan win. I'm going to fight. I'm going to be faithful to the decision that I made. I'm going to be faithful to the responsibility that I have. I'm going to be faithful to my Bible reading. I'm going to be faithful to the decision I made to pray every day for these people. And if you focus on it, you'll finish.